Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Nerd Out Sanctuary. I'm your host, Michael. And uh, yeah, this is what, episode 14, I believe? Sooner or later, I'm probably going to get a lose track, but uh, I'll try my best to keep track. Let me uh, write my note 14, <laughs> just to make sure I know what episode I'm on. Well, it's actually on my show notes, so I don't, I didn't really need to write that down. So yeah, if you, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, yeah, I still don't have physical notes, but I have some notes that I just wrote down on some, you know, engineering paper. So, but I also have my notes on my laptop and then I'm just going to keep on doing that until, you know, I get printer ink. You know, I went to the, uh, store the other day, you know, uh, into the, into the thick of it. Um, you know, I try to go at like at sort of like later at night, right before, uh, the store closes. So there's not as many people there. Um, I guess I'm going to start wearing a mask now because that's going to, that's like kind of the, the norm now just to, you know, help protect <clears throat> myself and others as well. But, uh, yeah, go there, you know, get some, I got some printer ink and then, you know, got home and then just to found out that it's the wrong ink and ink is not very inexpensive. So that was kind of pissed off about that, but Hey, you know, maybe I'll just buy it online or next time I go, I'll, I'll get the right one this time. But yeah, so that's where I'm at. You know, I got some, uh, you know, got some things taken care of since the last episode. So, you know, life's not like complete shit now. So that's kind of nice. That's kind of, that's kind of neat. That's good. So things are looking up a little bit here. I mean, I'm still, still not <laughs> working yet, but uh, I'm doing this and uh, staying busy doing this stuff and I love doing it. So I hope uh, you guys are enjoying my content and uh, I'm going to keep doing these uh, um, pretty regularly, at least every week, um, putting one out every week um, until, you know, I go back to work, uh, which is, I have no idea when, but I have a feeling it might be in, like, maybe around a month, another month, so we'll see, uh, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, since the last episode, uh, you know, I talked Tiger King last episode, and apparently they released another episode, and I didn't want to just gloss over me not talking about it, um, I didn't see it, so, uh, I have nothing to say about it, so, but I mean, I just kind of want to basically say that I really don't care, and I'm probably not going to watch it, because there's more enjoyable stuff going on, and and you know, a th- going on, and other, th- and more enjoyable things to watch that I'm going to be talking about this episode, we're going to be talking a, not a newer show, but they released a, a newer season, but I'm going all the way back to season one, I'm going to be reviewing a, a, a Netflix original that I just started watching. I'm also going to be review, uh, reviewing another film that I watched on Hulu. And we're going to be running down another five of my top 100s today. So, um, without further ado, let's just get into that TV show that I watched. Um, it's a Netflix original, and it's called Ozark. That's right. They just released season three on Netflix, I think, a week or two ago. Um, when that pretty much happened, I just decided to watch Ozark. Uh, I never really got around to watching it when it was, you know, originally coming out. Um, let me move over a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, so, I mean, I heard nothing but great things about it. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Ozark, it's about a financial uh, a financial advisor um, gets dra- drags his family um, from Chicago down to Missouri or the Ozarks where there's a bunch of mountains and there's lakes everywhere and rivers and stuff and where uh, he has to launder money for, uh, the, what, the second biggest, lar- the largest cartel in Mexico or some shit. He's laundering money from, from, for a drug cartel. And he was doing that 
and shit happens in the first episode where he has to go down to Missouri and launder money down there. So, yeah, that's 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 what Ozark is. It stars Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. Um, un- those are the two. That's the husband and wife. They're the two. They're the two main leads. And we'll be talking about some other actors who do a really great job in in the show a little bit later. But yeah, the creators, uh, Bill. Uh, Dubecki? Dubuki? I don't know. I have no idea how, how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. And Mark Williams. But, um, yeah, uh, an argument probably could be made that this might be the best or at least most consistent, um, Netflix original out there, like show-wise, TV show, not including like documentaries or movies. I'm talking about shows, which are usually their driving force and selling the, you know, their plat, their streaming platform. So, I mean, if you're, like, looking back, um, like, you know, you got your House of Cards, your Stranger Things, your Orange is the New Blacks, and all the other Netflix original shows, and, like, I, I don't know, man, this, 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 at least the first season of this show was so good. It's so good. Um, I, I mean, I, I would think, like, after I watched the very first episode of the show, I instantly thought, that might be, if not the best, um, episode of television I have ever seen. It's one of the best episodes. It's one of the best first ever pi- like pilots I have ever seen. Like talk about intense, like holy shit moments. Um, really good character building, like setting up. It, it, it hooks you in. It's one of the. It's one of those shows that hooks you in from the get go. And. uh... Yeah, I would probably describe the show as sort of a House of Cards, Breaking Bad hybrid, if that intrigues you a little bit. Um, but uh, it's very dark and intense, like House of Cards is, and has a so- sort of like anti-hero story. Plus, you know, the family is in on it, and they know about what um, Marty Bird, the main character played by Jason Bateman's um, character, is doing. They they all know, so that's kind of plays into the House of Cards aspect. You know, the husband and wife, Frank and Claire Underwood, were both in on the whole, you know, manipulation and like moving the chess pieces. Like they were part, they were part of the, they were a team basically. And this one, the family, is, the family unit is a team here, which I thought was really cool. Hold on, I want to kind of turn my volume down a little bit, but um, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the House of Cards aspect, and the Breaking Bad is just, like, you, you have this anti-hero, like, put in this, like, kind of shitty situation, he's trying to navigate his way through it, and I just think the whole vibe of the show, like, this whole vibe of, like, the storyline reminds me of Breaking Bad a little bit, I mean, that's just kind of, that's been the main comparison to this show, it's just, like, another Breaking Bad, I mean, let's all, I mean, pump the brakes a little bit, Breaking Bad's, like, like a god tier level show and I don't know if this is quite there yet at least yet I mean I'm just kind of I'm gonna be reviewing probably the next subsequent seasons I'm probably gonna like combined uh season two and three into one type of review on here so I might do that the next episode because I'm watching it right now I'm like at the end of season two but the first season sorry it's a little fucking notification went on my my, my laptop, my laptop's, you know, shit in the bed for some reason, but 
anyway, um, back to Ozark. Um, yeah, uh, uh, some other similarities too. Um, I re I recently reviewed a show called The Outsider that's on HBO, and that kind of has a decent amount of similarities to this. I mean, obviously Ozark came before The Outsider because The Outsider just released its first season, I think, this year or la- the end of last year, I believe. And Ozark, I think, started in 2017. Season one got released. But, I mean, even in The Outsider, Jason Bateman was involved. And he, I mean, he stars in Ozark, but, like, he kind of guest stars in The Outsider for the first couple episodes. But he directs the first two episodes in The Outsider. And I think the very beginning, the first two episodes of The Outsider might be its best episodes and here in Ozark um, Bateman directs the first two and the last two episodes and basically again it just kind of leads me to believe I kind of um sung Bateman's praises um while I was uh reviewing The Outsider and I'm gonna do the same here because Bateman kills it directing it's insane like how amazing the first two and the last two episodes are like it's crazy like i said the, oh jesus i'm fucking losing my shit here the show just does that to you it just makes you lose your shit because it's so good but yeah i got my batman mug here nice but um yeah so he he just impressed me a lot with his just i'm guessing these are his like directorial debut i'm pretty sure but uh, anyway, yeah, um, the direction style of both the shows are also very similar. Dark tone, very beautiful imagery. The shot selection is very clean and deliberate. Um, I guess uh, another comparison was that like probably The Outsider slows down in the middle of the, of the, of the season. It kind of happens here as well, where like the middle couple of middle episodes are decent, a little bit more slower than the first two and the last probably three. But the difference between Ozark and The Outsider is with The Outsider, with those middle episodes, I was, I was, I was thinking to myself, like, can we speed this on along a little bit? Like this isn't bad, but like let's let's get this story moving a little bit. And I never thought that. That never came to mind when I was watching Ozark. So there's something to be said there. So probably the middle episodes of this show is. I mean, this show is in general better than The Outsider. It just is, and The Outsider definitely kind of fell off a little bit more as. Um, than the the Ozark does. I mean, I think Ozark is on like another level of The Outsider, and I guess we'll see what The Outsider does in the future because there are going to be more seasons of that, I guess. But I mean, here I just think Ozark is definitely a better show overall. So with that, I kind of want to get into some of the the uh, acting performances in the show. Bateman again kills it acting. He's the best part of the show. He's the best part. I mean, he's not the only good part about um, the acting in the show, but like, whoa, dude, like he's on another level. I mean, he's come lo- a long way from doing comedies and sitcoms f- to now. It's kind of, it's highly, highly impressive. He plays Marty Bird, the husband, the main character, and then his co-star Laura Linney plays Wendy Bird, his wife. And I was, I never really saw... The only thing I really know Laura Lenny from is the Truman Show, pretty much. Like, I never really saw her in too much. And, man, um, she's also phenomenal in this show. Like, she's so—everyone brings it. 
but like those two like are like holy shit and then another um um actor who does an amazing job is uh, Julia Gardner she plays Ruth Langmore she she's like a native to the Missouri Ozarks and she's part of this sort of like criminal i mean like hill, hillbilly redneck family or whatever hillbillies and rednecks is kind of a important distinction in the show it's a little bit of a teaser there uh, you'll you'll know what i mean if you if you if you watch it but um yeah julia gardner she is a huge standout as well in this show she is my second favorite part of the show other than jason bateman as marty uh, Julia Gardner as Ruth is uh, amazing. She's funny. She's intense when she wants to be. She's also very vulnerable and like emotionally vulnerable, but like you root for her, even though she's really not like a great person, but she looks out for her own. She has so many qualities that like you identify with. And she's like almost like the hero of the story, like the underdog type of story, like, you know, story amidst this, you know, tomfoolery that's going on around around, um this location with the birds and you know shit with the cartel and everything but uh yeah i mean other than them literally i mean i'm not gonna run down every single actor name here and all the characters but everyone is amazing there's no one who shows up gives a poor performance like that's another thing like i want to say i want to kind of shift i mean kind of go into a, another netflix original like house of cards say what you will about kevin spacey and all that bullshit in the last season all like the one thing you can't criticize about that show is the performances of the ensemble of the actors i mean obviously you have your main two of kevin spacey and uh god what's her face <laughs> chick who plays claire i don't know why i'm forgetting her name sometimes it my brain does that but um uh, Robin Wright, sorry about that, I don't know, brave fart, but other than those two, like, everyone else around them does, like, the guy who plays Doug, the guy who plays Remy, you know, all, everyone in that show just brings it, and they, they're amazing, and it's same here, every single actor who shows up, even if, like, you'll probably recognize them, and then you're like, well, you're amazing, I'm gonna remember you for this performance now, so everyone brings it, there's no, like, even the kids are really good, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be talking about the daughter as a character a little bit, but even she does a good job acting at least. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get into her character a little bit later and kind of my little bit nitpicks at the end here. But um, the, I kind of want to get into the little bit of the direction here. Um, every shot, like the, the, the shots of the show, they seem to have this like green tint to it, like this forest, dark green like filter I, it's not again it's not a filter it's kind of like how i discuss fincher's films like there's this like dark tone like i don't know dark filter to it and it makes the shots look really clean but also have this dark intensity to everything that's going on and that's kind of the similar here i think it had it in the outsider and here and like it's kind of similar to house of cards in that way but like every shot seems to be like green and it makes every shot so beautiful and I, like I said the shot selection so clean and like you get these overhead shots of the Ozarks I mean fun fact though about the show the the actual show is not actually shot in Missouri in the Ozarks it's actually shot in Atlanta I think the only like episode that has some Missouri 
oh like ozark shots or is the pilot there's only a couple of them but it mainly shot in atlanta i'm pretty sure that's because of like some tax breaks that the show gets for filming there but uh i thought that was kind of interesting but it's still beautiful the direction is still amazing also like in the beginning of every um uh episode there's like like an o comes up for ozark and then there's like four different like sort of hieroglyphic like pictures that show up that give you kind of a teaser to the shit to like what's going to be going ahead like coming ahead like what's going to be coming showing up in the show like a picture that kind of represents something which i thought was really cool and plus the song selection at the end of every episode is so appropriate it's always it just kind of sums up what you just saw for an episode in a musical type of style which i thought was really cool but uh yeah Plus, you know, I mean, you have to give it up to the directors getting their be- the very best out of the actors every single scene because the, all of them, like I said, are amazing. And you can tell that there's a consistent vision for the tone and how the show is supposed to go. But with that, I kind of want to get into some a little bit of nitpicks that I had with at least the first season. Um, like I said, the middle, like sort of the middle of the season is a little bit slower but, I mean, I, I honestly think, like, looking back and, like, analyzing how I'm thinking, I think it's probably because the first two and the last three episodes of the show are just ungodly good. Like, they're just so good that the middle, what, four, I think? No, the middle five is just, they just kind of go down a little bit because they're just not as good. Obviously, because, you know, not as a much intense like holy shit stuff is happening in the middle but i mean it that doesn't mean they're bad in any way and it's not gonna bore you it's just kind of that's why it's kind of a nitpick and my other nitpick is probably just like the character of the daughter of marty and and wendy the daughter she i don't know i don't know there's this this could just be my thing but like she just is annoying as a character and this just could be like a teenage girl type high school teenage girl thing and if she's supposed to be an annoying character okay cool that's cool that adds a little bit of suspense when she's doing something fucking stupid and what she shouldn't be doing but like if she's not supposed to be like hated um maybe try to make her not hateable (laughs) i mean jonah the the son of marty and wendy is not hateable at all i actually really like jonah a lot um I guess that both the actors do a great job of the children, but I just I just think um, Charlotte as a character, the the daughter, is just very annoying. Um, and I'm pretty sure I don't. I mean, it still hasn't really changed in the second season, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, other than those two things, um, the show's fucking amazing. Um, I, I, like I said, if you like Breaking Bad, House of Cards, it was like really. If you like The Outsider. Um, definitely see this one honestly i think anyone would really enjoy this show um especially if you're kind of looking for something to watch now and you haven't seen ozark watch it right now i'll tell you now it's better than the outsider um right now it might even be better than the better than house of cards because uh, i mean of what i've heard the third season is amazing and the first and the first season's amazing and the second season so far has been amazing so it's it's clearly a consistent show. You know, I would even probably argue it might be better than Stranger Things. I mean, the first season of Stranger Things is so strong. And the last two episodes of season two of Stranger Things is so strong. But I thought the third season was meh. 
it was it was it was fine but like especially now like getting to season four i have no idea what they're gonna do if they're gonna do the same fucking thing again it might just be boring so that's kind of an inconsistent show ozark is consistently really good so watch it (laughs) um it's amazing so since we talked about ozark for 20 fucking minutes let's uh move on to a film that i recently watched um, I think, I believe it came out in 2014, 2014, oh man, 2014, damn, that year, the year 2014 had a plethora of amazing films come out, but, including this one, clearly, but, uh, I watched on Hulu, it's not a Hulu original film, but I just watched it on Hulu, it's called 71, uh, we're kind of representing the uh, year of you know 1971. It takes place in 1971. If you're unfamiliar with the uh, the film, um, it's about a uh, a young and uh, a young British soldier who is uh, accidentally abandoned by his unit following a riot in uh, uh, some in a little you know sketchy situation uh, in Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland, um, during some kind of a religious or idealistic, um, different, like, uproar in that territory in Belfast. I mean, you're dealing with the IRA, um, you're dealing with, you know, a conflict between Catholics and Protestants, and whenever you get religion involved, obviously tensions are going to be really high, and, you know, you introduce a military presence in there, you can, shit can start to go awry, and it does here. And, you know, it's about... A young man who gets left behind by his unit because of the chaos and in this territory that they were and it's incredibly incredibly intense uh the director is uh named yan demange um it stars jack o'connell um he was uh i think he started in that uh jewel um what's her what's her face um angelina jolie's like directing movie unbroken i believe he he's He's definitely really good. Um, there's a lot of familiar faces in here. Um, I know there's, what's his face from uh, Peaky Blinders. I forget his name, but he plays Arthur in Peaky Blinders. He's he's in it. There's other guys that you kind of uh, recognize. There's a guy from Pacific in there. Um yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's recognizable faces, and uh, I watched this, and it's it's sort of a like war slash thriller film, um, but yeah, like like I keep saying, it's very it's a very intense movie. It's mainly thrill. It has thriller aspects because it's about this one soldier who gets kind of left behind, and people are trying to find him and kill him, basically. So yeah, obviously that's going to be really intense. Um, I will say the film itself is not the prettiest looking film. Like, we're not talking 1917 or Dunkirk quality. Um, I just think it's just the quality of camera that they're using. But I think the filmmakers here do the the best of what they can. Like, you know, the shots and the use of lighting um, is really well done. I know the overhead shots of Northern Ireland are actually pretty historically accurate for the time, even though you can kind of tell it's fake. But, I mean, again, like I said, it's not the prettiest film in the world, but that doesn't really matter. What matters is, you know, the characters and the intensity of the film and the story, and that's what this film nails. Um, But, uh, yeah, Um, there's, there's a lot of... 
there's a lot of, there's a couple of moments where you're just like, holy shit, this, I don't know how the fuck you're going to get out of this one, pal. Like, this is a really, holy crap. Um, there's, there's a lot, um, of really intense moments where you're, you're kind of, you're just, your jaw drops and you're like, I did not expect that to happen. (laughs) Holy shit. So yeah, I mean, I would even argue maybe like the shitty camera kind of makes it a little bit more of a gritty and visceral experience. Um, I know I, I was trying to uh, trying to recall. I don't I don't really believe that this film has a musical score. I mean, I think it does, like in the beginning and the end, but um, it definitely doesn't have a soundtrack or anything. So that kind of takes that like No Country for Old Men route, where like having no music be playing kind of adds another level of intensity with these scenes that are just like, whoa, bro, (laughs) like, of these, like, quiet moments where you're just, like, you kind of have to even hold your breath, (laughs) like, almost kind of like, you know, a quiet place where, like, you don't even want to make a sound in the theater because no one else is, because no one is on the screen, there's no sound at all, and that's kind of, it's kind of similar to, like, the situations that, um, Jack O'Connell, um, as, what's his face? Gary, or private uh, cook or whatever you don't really know names aren't important in this one basically it's just kind of it gets to the point you know we get to our conflict he gets left behind and here we go there there's our movie and it's him trying to survive and get back to his unit get back to the barracks and that's that's kind of where we are and that's where we go and it's it's short it's like an hour and 40 hour 30 minutes um like i said it's it's very intense um Yes, it's not the most prettiest film, but uh, I think that, like I said, the filmmakers do um, do really well with what they're given. Um, so yeah, does it have the movie magic though? Does it have the Mikey's movie magic? Does it? I would say it does. Um, I would say like it's it's very. I was thinking about like how like how to classify films. Because clearly films are like more like probably the most what I'm probably going to mostly talk about on this on this channel other than probably I guess television. Like I said, you know, video games occasion, comics occasionally, but I think it's mainly films and TV and I'm just thinking about developing like sort of like a tier list of films. But until then, this one definitely has the movie magic. Is it like the greatest thing ever? No. I mean, again... Yes, it's not a, it's not a very pretty looking film, but it, it makes the in, the intense moments very intense, and it's a it's it's a really it's a good it's a great watch, and it's on Hulu. If you kind of like those, really, if you like films like A Quiet Place, No Country for Old Men, I think you would like this one very much. Um, if you kind of like a like a little bit more of a you know a historical conflict type of film if you like looking back i think this is definitely one that's really good there's also moments where it kind of had a black hawk down type of vibe i mean black hawk down is a fantastic movie and it, it this one's not as good but i mean there's definitely moments of like you know someone is being left behind we need to go you know try to find him and rescue him because you know if he's gonna he's gonna be dead like very soon so yeah and there's some very pretty gruesome moments in this one too. So like I would say, if, you know, especially like war, like terroristic violence kind of rubs you the wrong way and it's kind of hard for you to watch. Maybe, maybe skip this one. 
But uh, yeah, if that doesn't bother you and you like your intense visceral experiences, I would definitely check uh, 71 out. I, I checked it out on Hulu, so there you go. All right. How are we on time? Damn, a half an hour. This one's going to be a short episode, I guess. This one might be short. We'll see how this one. I'll probably take a little bit longer talking about these films because I actually have some a little bit of notes written down here. But uh, let's get into the next five in my top 100 films here. Um, I'm going to be running down 90 through 86, which is next five. I like to say this beginning uh, before I, I run down every five just for a disclaimer for all these movies, all these films have the movie magic. All of them I recommend highly. All of them I love. I'm not going to be doing like an in-depth review on each of them. I'm just going to be like talking, running down like the title of the film, maybe the synopsis, like maybe kind of what it's about if it's kind of an obscure and I don't think a lot of people have seen it. But if it's like a really plat like, you know, popular classic, I'm probably not going like, to talk about what it's about, and I might, like, n- describe some aspects that I love about it, and whether or not it might move up in the list, or move down, or get bumped out of the list, we'll see, so, yeah, without further ado, uh, number 90, number 90, we're getting out of the 90s, uh, we have Raging Bull, that's right, came out in 1980, Raging Bull, classic Scorsese film, possibly arguably uh, Robert De Niro's best performance of all time um I don't know I would have to think about that but I mean there's an I'm sure there's there's an argument to be made that this might be his best performance you know story of you know violence and how like you know someone rises a rise and a fall of our hero and just like what brings him up and what brings him down and how the care a character you know it's a great character study of how someone deals with that and having like no person's life just kind of get crumbled down from uh, around him and uh yeah uh one of martin scorsese's best i mean martin Everyone, I mean, as you probably know, Martin Scorsese is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. I mean, I'm talking some of my favorite films, and this one included because it's in my top 100, obviously. Got my Batman mug. But, um, yeah. I mean, also, like, other supporting cat, the supporting actors in this as well. I mean... Kathy Moriarty, Joe Pesci's in it, Frank Vincent, he's been in a lot of uh, Martin Scorsese mob films. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 phenomenal. I don't really think I need to rationalize why I love Raging Bull, because it's a classic. I mean, it has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, if you care about that. But uh, yeah, um, Raging Bull, number 90, it's the shit. If you haven't watched it, check it out. You might like it. Will this fall or rise or fall on my list? I don't think it's going to rise because it's definitely not my favorite Scorsese film. And I never really find myself re-watching Raging Bull a lot. But I mean, it's very it's a very memorable experience if you wa- when you watch it, though. So I don't know. I don't think this will be falling out of my list, but I don't think it will be rising either. I think it's 90s kind of a good spot for it in my in my opinion. So, number 89, number 89 in my top 100, we have another classic. There's there's a decent amount of classics on here, at least these uh, first three. But uh, for number 89, we have Apocalypse Now. Came out in 1979, which is a decent amount, decent long time ago. We got a you know, drama, mystery, war film. 
I don't I don't know why I said that. I just, I just read it off of IMDb. But we have a you know a long one. Um, I want yeah, Raging Bull's kind of long, but Apocalypse Now is even longer. You know, classic war film, probably one of the greatest Vietnam, if not the greatest, one of the greatest war films of all time. I'm sure an argument can be made by like you know this one in Platoon, but um, Apocalypse Now is classic. Um, Martin Sheen stars Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, Robert Duvall. Um, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Classic line. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, he's the guy who did the Godfather <laughs> Godfather movies. But um, yeah, Martin Sheen. Uh, Martin Sheen's never been better in anything. Um, even Marlon Brando is phenomenal. And if if you know anything about the production of this one, I know there's. I, f- I forget what the title of the documentary is about the production of this one of this film. But I've never watched it. But I've read about. I've read things about the production. I've heard things about the uh, the production of this film, and it was not an easy one. So, if you've seen this film, first, if you haven't seen this film, watch it. It is it is a disturbing one. It's it's a hard film to watch. And again, kind of, I mean, if I would choose like you know, rage, like Apocalypse Now or Raging Bull, I might I might choose Raging Bull to watch, <laughs> but um, because this one's pretty. I mean, it's about Vietnam War, and it's about how you know people can get consumed by it and how it can emotionally disturb people all just you know war itself and yeah it's it's quite insane i'm not going to go over the synopsis of the film if you haven't seen apocalypse now just watch it (laughs) you should watch you should watch apocalypse now but um yeah this is probably one of the highest rated ones um on here, a 98% Ron Tomato score, deservingly so. It's probably one of the best war films of all time. I would probably say it's the best Vietnam war film of all time. But uh, yeah, if you haven't uh, heard about the production of this one, it's very interesting. Like Marlon, Brand- Marlon Brando shows up to the set overweight and doesn't know any of his lines, so he actually had to have, you know, like them read to him. I'm pretty sure that like scene where he's given that monologue, the horror. like that whole monologue i'm pretty sure was just read to him but like he still kills it which is hilarious i mean that just speaks to how amazing marlon brando was i mean he could do that i guess he could just be a lazy piece of shit and just you know show up overweight and fucking not know any of his lines but yeah um fantastic film will this rise Probably not. Um, well, Fall has a chance to, mainly because of the rewatchability. I don't feel, again, like kind of like Raging Bull, but even more so, I don't really find myself rewatching this one. Um, it's kind of like in that sort of category of like Requiem for a Dream, 12 Years a Slave type of films that are just kind of a little too dis- emotionally disturbing to really rewatch. But I mean, like when you watch it, you're like, that was a phenomenal film. You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those. But I mean, this is a classic. It's a classic film, ama- filled with amazing performances, amazingly shot. Um, yeah, another fun fact. Um, uh, fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, um, who starred in, well, he co-stars in in the film. Actually, lied about his age to be in the film, which is kind of cool because people lied lied about their age to go to war, which I thought was pretty interesting. So, fun fact. Lawrence Fishburne is so young in this one. I'm pretty sure he's like 17 or something like that. But yeah, very cool. So uh, 
Next, number 88, another classic, but switching gears a little bit, uh, we have Aladdin, like Disney animated feature Aladdin, the classic one, not the fucking live action bullshit that they're doing, the actual animation Aladdin made in 1992. Um, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a classic, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, Robin Williams is the genie is, uh, like, oh my god, like, I don't know why they didn't just animate the the genie in the live action when will smith is a genie i mean i i don't want to hate on will smith because i love will smith and i know he probably did a lot of work for that live action role but like fuck off like get the fuck out of here i didn't hear anything about aladdin i didn't see it i'm not fucking paying to see those live action fucking movies like just don't if there's any, any any announcement, just don't don't, don't go see those <laughs> because it's just Disney kind of being fucking lazy and remaking the same fucking shit just in live action and selling it to you. And it makes a shit ton of money and it kind of bothers me a little bit, but and they're not even that good. They're not even good. <laughs> like just watch the original. Just watch Aladdin, the animated Aladdin. Like what what just just say to yourself, would you rather watch the live-action version of Aladdin or the animated version of Aladdin? That, that, come on. Like, Jesus. It's just it's just a money play. That's all Disney is now, which is a shame. But part of the reason why Star Wars is kind of tanking. But that's, another, that's, that's, that's a discussion for another episode. Watch my very first episode ever. It's terrible audio quality, terrible video quality. But I think I have some pretty good points in there about the Star Wars franchise. <sighs> um, number 87. Number 87. Oh, it's actually kind of weird. This film actually has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's number 87 on my list. That's really weird. Okay, I'm really creeped out now. But anyway, um, you know, touching that this is also a very creepy movie, uh, 28 Days Later. Um, if you're unfamiliar with uh, 28 Days Later, it's about, it stars Killian Murphy, um, it's directed by Danny Boyle, um, who also did, what else, uh, um, I think he did Train Spotting, um, he directed 127 Hours, Slumdog Millionaire, um, yeah, Train Spotting, um, it's written by Alex Garland. Um, he wrote, uh, he wrote this movie, he wrote a film called, a hard sci-fi film called Sunshine, which is also starring Killian Murphy, he also directed Ex Machina, and recently Annihilation, two um, phenomenal hard sci-fi films that I highly recommend, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if either of those kind of cheat their way into this list in the future, as I, like, watch them in, um, watch them even more over time, but he write. He wrote and Danny Boyle directed stars Killian Murphy, uh, Naomi Harris. Um, what's his uh, What's his name? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, God, oh, why is he not Brendan Gleeson? Mad, the guy who plays Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter films. He's in it. Um, definitely an incredibly intense experience. It's about a guy who wakes up from a hospital and a zombie apocalypse happened. Sound familiar? Yes. Um, if you're thinking of The Walking Dead, well, if this film didn't exist, neither would The Walking Dead because the creator of the comic book of The Walking Dead says my primary influence was 28 Days Later. 
28 Days Later is actually a very huge pioneer in the whole zombie apocalypse genre because pretty much before 28 Days Later, every single zombie film was always when the apocalypse was happening. Like as soon as it was happening, like the day of like, oh shit, zombies are here. What the hell are we going to do? This one is the first one that kind of tells what happens after that. You know, time has passed since this apocalypse have happened and you know these zombies or these rage these rage virus zombies um have been around for a while you don't really know how long at least not i don't i don't remember but it kind of it, it's the first zombie or apocalypse film that kind of deals with the life after you know what happens after maybe you know these zombies are not the only thing you have to worry about you might have to worry about other people because, you know, people who survive this thing might, you know, not be the best kind of people. All the nice people were dead. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of the, you know, why The Walking Dead is so good is because of this one, this film. This film is incredibly intense. I think it's probably the most intense and scary zombies have ever been. I mean, maybe unless, like, you're talking The Last of Us. The Last of Us is pretty fucking scary. But, I mean, this one, like, zombies run. They fucking run at you. They're called rage zombies. Where, basically, these zombies just have this, like, heightened, like, emotion of rage that they just want to kill you and eat you, basically. And their eyes are all red and shit, and it's very scary. There's a lot of amazingly scary moments. Again, it's not not the best-looking film, kind of like 71 was, but, like, the acting and the shots and just, like, atmosphere of the film really are amazing. And I would highly recommend it. If zombie movies aren't your thing, I guess stare clear of this one. But, I mean, this is probably the best zombie film ever made. So, yeah. Check this one out. It's amazing. Uh, will it rise and fall in the future? Possibly. But I think I think, I think 87 is probably a good good spot for it and since the Rotten Tomato score is 87% I think it's fitting for it to be number 87 so final film for the day here um number 86 uh, we have Training Day so yeah he uh, directed by uh, Antoine Fuqua uh, written by David Ayer uh, he also wrote. Uh, he also wrote and directed *End of Watch*, which is another f- phenomenal movie. But it stars Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. Um, Ethan Hawke's sort of kind of like a rookie type of police officer. Denzel's the veteran. He's kind of showing him around, and the entire like narrative of this one is told in one day. It is a one-day affair from the morning to the late hours of the night. It's probably one of the most intense cop movies i've ever seen i think it's it might uh there's an argument to be made that it's my favorite denzel washington performance of all time it's one of the best villain performances of all time king kong ain't got shit on me it's amazing it's just amazing um one of the best death scenes i've ever seen (laughs) um but uh yeah um they both they're both cops in la um, you know, it kind of gives you a, a like a an in on like you know how corrupt you know you know these cops could be you know uh, running running like drug rings of their own and shit. But uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal film. Um, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score; it has a seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was kind of surprising. But I mean, whatever. It's Rotten Tomatoes; it doesn't really fucking matter. It means nothing to me. 
But uh, yeah, again, really intense, visceral experience. It's kind of like a constant theme. I don't know. I really like intense, visceral experiences. I might be just a little bit sick in the head, but hey, you know what? I, I have my taste, guys. All right. I got my taste. Shut the fuck up. All right. Get off my ass. All right, I gave you an animated film, a Disney animated film, all right? I have a wide range of tastes. I literally can watch anything, but anyway, Training Day, probably my favorite Denzel performance. It's very suspenseful. It's amazing. Ethan Hawke is phenomenal. Ethan Hawke is underrated, in my opinion. I think he's such a phenomenal actor. He should be in more shit, but whatever. Ethan Hawke is the is, uh, is he's not the greatest, but I mean, he's amazing. Came out in 2001, Training Day, directed by Antoine Fuqua. What else did Fuqua direct? I know he's directed other things. Let's see if my thing will load. Um, Directed The Equalizer, I guess. Uh, or, I mean, I think Training Day is probably his biggest film, which I think is true. But, um, yeah. Uh, will this rise and fall? I don't think it's going to rise. I think, if anything, it might fall in my list. Um... I was thinking about it again. I mean, I love Training Day, but I don't know how, like, if I love it this 80s, number 86 much ahead of, you know, some of these films like 28 Days Later, Apocalypse Now, Raging Bull, Aladdin. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, you know, my list is what it is now, and it might change in the future. But, uh, I mean, it is 100, it's 100 films, guys, or lately. Chill the fuck out. I, my, my things change. I think once you, like I said, once I get to 50, that's pretty much set in stone. Those those rankings are a little pretty set in stone. But, anyway, that's uh, my next five. That's number 90 through 86 of my top 100, guys. And, uh, you know, uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. And uh, if you've been a follower of my show, um, you, you know that I like to give a a sort of message at the end of every one of my episodes, and that's, uh, it's okay to not be okay. I know, again, times are pretty tough right now. Um, I was seeing them for a bit, but I mean, again, uh, things have gotten better. You know, I've taken care of some things that, um, were really kind of, you know, looking to be not good, but it kind of turned around. Um, so like I, like I'm, like I'm saying, you know, tomorrow is a new day, and tomorrow might not suck like today sucks. So, uh, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but persevere, try to get through it, try to use those negative experiences as positives and use them as personal growth moments. And that's what I try to do. And I, I, I also realize that some things are really hard to get over. Um, but, um, it's always possible. And, uh, you know, I'm always here, you know, for you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy, you know, these episodes, these Nerd Out Sanctuary episodes, I want it to be kind of a safe place for you guys to come and, you know, nerd out about stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm Michael. Um, if you don't know, if you're watching on YouTube, um, this is also just a podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere where you can get podcasts, which are those are the three main, the main platforms. But again, um, I'm also, ha- I'm on here. I'm on, if you're just listening to the podcast, I'm uh, also a YouTube channel, Nerd Out Sanctuary. Um, I clip these episodes up to like, you know, for mi- little mini, um, reviews and such but i also upload the actual full episode but uh yeah so uh you know i I appreciate all you guys who watch and comment uh please comment um i will reply to you um i i appreciate any feedback um tell me that i'm a piece of shit or something like that tell me if i'm doing a good job whatever uh i appreciate anything any any feedback is 
very, very helpful. And I just thank all you guys who are, you know, watching, tuning into me. And uh, tell your friends, tell your family about me. I, I would highly appreciate it. You know, anyone who to come in and, you know, I, I, I'm here to give you guys really great recommendations and to review awesome stuff. I rarely talk about shit that sucks. Um, but uh, I usually talk about things that someone will like or maybe you will. So, yeah, uh, that's me. I'm Michael. This is Nerd Out Sanctuary. And, uh, yeah, so 50 minutes. All right, not bad. Not a bad time. But, uh, yeah. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode of Nerd Out Sanctuary. Bye. Bye.